ready. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee in Christ. Welcome back. Episode 31. What are you doing? I was wondering if they could hear that. <laughs> Put if your you, microphone to it. If you can hear anything weird, Dylan's freezer is about to explode. It's taken off. <laughs> it's like... It's taken off. Another perk of recording the podcast at my kitchen table. I mean, I can hear it very clearly. Yeah. I wonder if they can. I don't know. But welcome back. Episode 31. Again. No. Not again. This one, we are... This is a, a live episode. We're not retaking anything. I know. This is just episode 31. Just me and Dylan. And it's raw form. Raw form. So, Sunday. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we were going to do it Wednesday, but we took a break because of the holidays. But we're back. Back in black. Down. Like ACDC. Down. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, anyway. Um, Dylan, how's your week been? You know, it's been really good. I've had a good week. We're good. We um, we went shopping. Of course, okay, Thanksgiving was first and family time. And, <laughs> yay. And then shopping. Yeah. Woo! Then we went shopping. And, uh, you know, I felt guilty about it ever since we went. We go Black Friday shopping to buy gifts for people. And I bought more for myself than I did anybody else. I don't think I bought a gift for anybody. So you but did better than me. I did buy one gift. I've got several ideas on what to order tomorrow for Cyber Monday. I've, my carts are filled on, really? on Cloud's website and Amazon. I have ready to check out. Really? And I'm waiting for the deals. That'd be pretty good. So You'd be all set. I'd be like all your people. Yeah, I'll be done. Everything I'm ordering online. Oh, except perfect. for my dad. So Well, we can't talk about it because he listen, so. That's true. When I sent him a link, he yelled at me the other day because I've not sent him a link in a while. I'm like, just look it up, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't open that can of worms, but but no, he just wants that conversation with you. But everything's been good. Um, busy, of but course. everything's good though. How about you? Oh, uh, same with me. I've had a really good week. Uh, a lot of big news. A lot of big work news. A lot of yeah, that's true. Uh, a lot of big uh, just big news in general. But it's yeah. all great. Uh, me, I also went shopping with Dylan, and I bought nothing for anyone but myself. You did get you a new laptop, though. I did get a new laptop and a new sweater because my Mimi sent me some money. No. and said, buy you something special. I said, okay. Jackson is, he got big news. He gets a promotion at work. He's excited. He deserves it. I don't know who his boss is, but he's a smart man. He's a smart, very but, smart man. But he, Jackson deserves it. He's, I didn't know if, if I was allowed to say it on air, so I was going to let you say he's it. He's excited about it. So I'm very excited. excited for him. It's the bright future plan. So it it's the start. And now it's just we, the journey. Also, we're talking about being in the Christmas parade <gasps> next yes. year. I would love to do it this year, but I just feel like we don't have enough time. It's 13 days. I feel like we'd have to move very fast. But yeah. see, now with our new like warehouse and everything, we have, we have like a place to put this trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we could really like work on it all year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did not process how loud that was going to be. <laughs> it was my cup screaming. It's my clown juice. But, yeah, we could, like... You ever heard that joke? Clown juice. You're drinking it... some clown juice, and you go... <laughs> but this one doesn't that sounds bad. <laughs> sounds like a car. Okay, I don't that sounds that. weird. Sonic cups are better. The clown juice, and you go... <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> But yeah, we can work on the like the the parade float all year. We'd win the best one. Yeah, I'm just saying. We are up for an award this year. It's a big deal. If you go to the Chamber of Commerce's, actually, you're gonna have to ask me for the link. But if you listen, 
and you want to vote for Action Cooking Cooling, which we would love to be Employer of the Year, small, small business. business, and what we, else? Qual- we qualify the philanth- philanthropy award. Um, that okay. just means like you you improve places, like you improve homes and businesses. That's and right, stuff. we do. But, but like. I would love we, we see we qualify for the large business because we have more than forty nine employees, but then we're up against like the hospital and Avery and we wouldn't win. Yeah, so we, we just, we love just do the small business. So if you're feeling generous and you have five minutes, yeah. I would be honored if you would vote for action. We would appreciate it. I would very much appreciate you it. You just add a little comment the why and you just say whatever you want. Whatever Good your or heart. bad. I mean whatever you want. Whatever desires. you think is the best. Yeah. But go and tap in action heating and cooling, and then you insert it. Whatever you want. We would love it. We would love it. Yeah. Honestly. And the only catch is we don't find out till like February. We don't find <laughs> out till that day, like till the meeting. Till, is night. it in February? Yep. Yeah. So like we we're gonna do all this, and we're gonna have no idea for yeah. two months. And they don't post it. Like it's gonna be like at the chamber's annual meeting. We find out. That's so awesome. we're either gonna be really excited or we're gonna be a little sad. But you know what? The Lord is good. Amen. And he takes care of us. That's right. Which brings us to our most important subject, the Lord. The Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So we got through um, Matthew 19 last week. First 10 Um, verses. So we're going to pick up. 12. We're going to pick up in verse 13 and finish the chapter. You know what? I'll read it and you take it away. Oh, okay. Nice. (laughs) Oh, there's nothing left. Oh, okay. So, Matthew chapter 19, verse 13. Then children were brought to him that he may lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do no hinder them, and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. A little quick. Quick little section. So, verse 14. This is a lot. A lot of people talk about this in the church, and... And what this verse means, but I'll read it again. It says, But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So, what does that mean? Why is he saying that the kingdom of heaven belong to little children? You know, a lot of people, they've there's a lot of books written about this, a lot of commentaries written about what does Jesus mean whenever he says the kingdom of heaven belongs to the kids. So, think about the mindset of a child you know thanksgiving i got to spend a lot of time with my niece no and it's a blast i love Witten. like Witten is just she, i don't know why it just makes your mood better and she was How so funny she, she will be uh, four four okay right when when was the first time you went on baja four years ago okay. so she'll be four um in july and she's just like she's hilarious no and so it was so cute um, Friday night we were at Nanny's house, my grandma's, and see that my, that side of the family has tons of children, and so it was Sailor and Reagan. Excuse me, Sailor, Reagan, Eli, Noah, Isaiah, Tate. Sa- um, no, there's another another child. Sailor, child. No, I already said Sailor. Tate. A lot of kids. I can't think of all them. I'm missing some of them, but there's probably t- probably ten kids under the age of eight, and Witten is one of the younger ones. And so most of the younger kids wouldn't go in the playroom with them and not play with them just because they're bigger. Yeah. Well, Witten was in there. She wanted Aww. to play with them, 
And so the, all these kids would just run out of the room chasing each other. And then Witten would just run behind them and laugh. Like she didn't know what was going on. She was just the pure innocence and she was just giggling and running around. And I thought about um, Matthew 19 that night because um, Julia, my cousin Julia, um, was getting ready to leave. And it was her and her husband and she has three boys. And so the only ones that were left in the playroom were um, Sailor. No, they had already left. Was Eli, Isaiah, and Noah. Witten. And then my other cousin's daughter. And she's probably six, I guess, now. And, of course, you know how kids are. I remember feeling this way. Like, you just... That was the best time of your life. And you didn't want to leave. Because you were just having so much fun. Playing in the playroom with these kids. Right. And so, Julia was like, boys, it's time to go. And we were sitting on the couch. I was talking to my cousin, Chase. And every minute, she'd say, you have three more minutes. And then we're leaving. Witten would run out... And say, can we have another minute, please? And Zoya would say, yes, you can have another minute. And she would run in the room and she'd go, one more minute! And then they'd go in there (laughs) and they would all cheer. This went on for 15 minutes. Witten would come out, can we have one more minute? And she'd say, yes, you can have one more minute. And she'd and it was just like, but the pure innocence is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like you just see kids. The joy. That's, That's what it is. They... They've not. They've not. They don't have a lot of life experience, and they they don't know sadness. Yeah. I mean, their sadness is, hey, we have to leave and go home. That's their sadness. Or, or, you know, hey, this toy is broken. You can't play with it anymore. Like that is what's sad to them. It's not, you know, what we experience as adults. We when we start to experience life, you know, our sadness is different. But what he's saying to them is, you know, enter. The kingdom of heaven with innocence. Mm-hmm. Enter the kingdom of heaven with joy. You know, I was thinking about something the other day that, you know, there's, and I won't mention her name, but there's a lady in my life, and, and she's in your life too. You probably pick up who I'm talking about. She's always happy. She's always, you know, what can I do to help? What can I do? And it's just talking to her and actually figuring out more about her. Because here lately I've spent more time with her. She has a lot of things to not be joyful about. Mm-hmm. But especially around the holidays. But she is so joyful about her situation, about God, about her church family. Like, it doesn't phase her. Right, yeah. You know, and kids, they'll be sad for a few minutes, but really nothing phases them. Yeah. I mean, they may, they, they may be upset, they may cry, but in 10 minutes, they'll get over it. Like Piper, my other niece, she's 10 months old, and she cries because she's eating food now. She loves rolls, like loves bread. And so you'll be holding her, and she can start screaming. I mean, and real tears. You give her a a little piece of roll, perfect. (laughs) I mean, she will literally stop crying instantly. That's what we do now. Like when she cries, she's like, get get a roll. Roll. Somebody get a roll. (laughs) Carrie, I was fixing my plate, and Carrie was in the living room, my sister, and she went and her piper started screaming. And Carrie goes, Dylan, throw me a piper roll. And I was like, okay. throw it across the house. <laughs> anyway, but like they, they're going to experience things, but then their joy overtakes and comes out. And that's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of heaven belongs to joyful, innocent people. And you say, well, well how, can we, how can we remain that way when 
life continues to happen because the reality is life happens. It happens to everybody. You know, things are going to happen that you wish didn't happen that, you know, kind of knock you down a little bit and you just, you want to be sad. You want to be whatever, but the joy of the Lord should overcome any of that. Right. You know, what we have awaiting for us should overcome everything. And, you know, and it's hard to have that mindset. I'll be the first to say it's hard to have that mindset. I'm sad sometimes. But when all reality, when in all reality, you should be able to sit back and say, I'm blessed. I have everything I need. Even if you have nothing, you have everything you need because you have the opportunity to spend eternity with Jesus. And so that's what that verse means. And there are a lot of books you can read about this and a lot of commentaries that will tell you the same thing, but... Enter the house of the Lord with joy. You know, that's what heaven is about. You know, there are no tears in heaven. And that's, I've not quite comprehended that, but there's going to be nothing but joy, no matter what. Yeah. And we can't comprehend it because we don't know what that's like. You know, my life is great, but there are still times that I don't have joy. And so it's just saying, you know, this is cliche, but no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what life throws at you, we're supposed to be a different people. We're supposed to to have joy right. in every situation yeah. that we're in because we have God on our side. So that that's kind of what that verse is talking about. Oh yeah, I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head on all of that. You wanna you wanna go? Me go again? Not him. So starting in verse sixteen, it says, "And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life?'" And he said to him, "Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter." If you would enter life, keep the commandments. So he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbors as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Yeah. I absolutely love this just little scripture that happens because this man's trying to figure out how to enter heaven. And he's asking, what, I, what am I still lacking? And after he's done everything that Jesus has already said, and Jesus kind of just exposes his limits because in the end, our sin convicts us all. And so because our conscience is really our biggest ally i guess you would say because we know when we sin we know when we have a flaw or something and 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 we feel like maybe sometimes it's so bad we can't measure up to you know like how would i be in heaven kind of deal and then so you know this man gets a checklist pretty much and he he goes through he's like okay honor your father mother right i can do that i can uh, i cannot murder that's great you know we'll we'll hit that one on the head and he just goes on and on and all of us can relate to something like the because when we're lacking in something we want to find the answer. We like not to be left in the dark, especially when it's something of this like magnitude. And so when we work towards heaven, uh, I'm this is for my case, we can find ourselves getting disappointed easily because I might have missed an opportunity to share share the gospel or or show Jesus in any way. And so you feel like, oh, well, I could have done better for the kingdom today, but I did it. And so we find ourselves disappointed a lot. And then we can and then when we fail, it's just even worse. And it's just kind of like an endless cycle. But we have to remember that the world's flawed understanding of God and ourselves, because on one hand, when we 
make those decisions that don't end up good, we we can't see God just waiting there with a hammer, you know, pounding us to go to hell. Because that's because that's not our, the God we serve. He doesn't want us to go to hell. He knows that we're going to be flawed, and then you know, on the other hand, we make a bad assumption about how we can contribute to gaining access to heaven. We assume we assume there's a checklist, and Jesus exposes both of these man's flaws, and one that he has the wrong. I think one of those is he has the wrong standard by reminding him only God is good, because he asks right there. Jesus says, "If you would be perfect, go and sell what you, uh, what you possess." Oh man! Try again. Uh, my Siri is listening to me. Uh, try what again. You, <laughs> what you possess and give to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And then on the other hand, and how? Oh my gosh! I'm taking this off. Get out of here! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and the other one is how to meet God's standard for heaven, and we figure that out in 21 and 22. Jesus says, receive eternal life, um, receive eternal life and sell what you have and give the money to the poor and follow him. And, you know, surely receiving heaven for us is worth that. Surely it would be, oh, yeah, I'll go sell everything I have to have to get to heaven. But Jesus is smart, obviously, for this particular rich man. He picked, he, he picked a random requirement that he knew he was going to have to sacrifice a lot for because he likes his possessions. And so he, he knew the man wouldn't be willing to do that. And so the world will say that it wants to know God's standard for entering heaven, but in reality, we only want the standards that meet our desires. See, it's, for me, it's easy to honor my father and mother, but in some cases, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but that's not as easy for me. And so I like to focus on that one. It's kind of like what Richard said. There's a bunch of things in the Bible we don't want to read about because it convicts us, because it makes us feel like we're failing and you know that's why someone keeps hope hopping from religion to religion trying to find which church bets best supports their needs and then when they find like god's standard for entering heaven like they just kind of obviously found it they're like woo, con- that's convenient amazing when it's been the same ever since they're just going to someone who tells them what they want to hear and that that's a case in a lot of the churches but Jesus answers this man's question by just saying, you have to be perfect. How do we become perfect? We have to stop trusting in the wealth of the world and turn our backs on the world and pick up our cross and follow Jesus. You know, it's, it's funny. In verse 16, you see immediately that this young man has completely got a false idea of what's going on. That a lot of us, have, we, we fall into that trap. You know, because he says, okay, well, what what do I have to do? What can I do in order um, to have this eternal life? And he's referencing the Ten Commandments. And I find that funny because, you know, let's just, I want to read through this for a second. It says um, da, 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 in verse, okay, 17. Towards the end, there's only one who is good, referencing uh, Christ. But if you would enter life, keep these commandments. So, so 18, he says, uh, which one? You just said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so he's referencing some of the commandments. But let's, in reality, unfortunately, th- People are fooled with this false depiction of God because 
let's let's face it. Most people, they're not murderers. Okay, um, more often than not, but still, most people haven't committed adultery. Um, most people don't steal. Uh, most people honor their father and mother, and most people love others, but they may not be Christian. So they have this false idea of, you know, well, if I can do this simple stuff, mm-hmm. then I can make it to heaven. That's no big deal. Or they think, because he's saying in verse 16, well, what good deed must I do? Guys, good deeds don't get us into heaven. And you can keep all the Ten Commandments perfectly and still not make it into heaven. We're missing the point that, and the world misses this point, yeah. that you can't enter heaven without Jesus. There's, right. there's no way to do that. And people all the time, well, I'm a good person. You know, unfor- and this is very strong, but there's going to be a lot of good people in hell because they miss the point. They miss, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not the judge, okay? But according to what I read in Scripture, and I don't want you guys to think I'm being harsh. I'm just saying we naturally miss the point. Mm-hmm. You know, most people that you meet in your life are good people. There's There are very few, and there are some out there, there are very few genuinely bad people. I agree. But they think that everything is hunky-dory and everything is fine. You can't enter heaven without Jesus, without having a relationship with Jesus. You can be the best person in the world, but if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to make it into heaven according to what I read in Scripture. That's right. And so I'm, I'm just I'm saying these things because don't miss the point, okay? Don't And, and yes, we, we need to do good deeds as Christians. We need, we need to be good people, but... but the whole thing that gets us into heaven is not our good deed. It's not us. We can't do anything to get into heaven except have a relationship with Christ. And so, again, people just miss the point. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, it's our fault. It, it's the church's fault for putting this false depiction sometimes of, well, if you're not a good person or if, you're, if you don't do these good deeds and you don't visit the widows and orphans, then... You're not going to make it into heaven. Well, different strengths, different weaknesses here. Yeah. But the moral of the story is you can't enter heaven without Jesus. That's right. And if you don't continue to, to nurture and, and have a personal relationship with him, you're missing the point. Because we should do all these good deeds. We should be willing to keep the commandments and, and do good things because of, as a byproduct of our personal relationship with Jesus. That's right. Not because we're trying to earn our way into heaven. You don't earn a seat there. Mm-hmm. You can't. You, you can't. You can't pay for it. You you can't. Yeah. And th- th- towards the end, the young man's upset because he says, "Well, give everything to the poor." And basically, what he's saying, he's using an example here. Of, well, sell everything you have, um, and give it to the poor because you're going to have treasure in heaven. He's saying, yes, he's using possessions here to teach. But what he's really saying is kind of like what you were saying. You know, give up what you want. The possessions that he's had, he's, he's worked for. It doesn't say how he's rich. We just know he's wealthy. Mm-hmm. So he's worked for whatever he's had. Yeah. But he's saying, give up what you want. It's not about you. It's right. about Jesus. And he couldn't do it. You know, that, that, that's the whole point. Is he's missing the point. He's like, well, if I have to give up what I want, then I'm not doing it. And that ties in with exactly what you said, that so many people are searching for 
a church that will allow them to do what they want and then still get into heaven. Mm-hmm. It's not how it works. Yeah. It's not how it works. It's a hard truth. You know, you have to give up yourself. You have to give up your your wants and your desires and because your desire should be to follow Jesus. That's that's our purpose that's right. in life. But he couldn't withhold uphold that end of the deal, I guess. So continuing here in Verse 23, did we miss anything? No, I think we're good. Verse 23, it says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Well, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, salvation. But with God all things are possible. So then Peter said, um, in reply, see, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on the glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left their houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. That's right. Uh, so backing up, just focusing on just this one little line in verse 25, who then can be saved? So how does anyone put you know trusting in the world uh, aside so they might trust in Jesus? And because, like we said, wealth is just something that he's mentioned, and it's something easy for all of us to grasp. But you can rope in beauty, your career achievements, um, your social status, your fame. Jesus is just basically saying that if salvation requires people to turn away from the world and trusting in the wealth or any of those in any of those other things that are you're putting above God, then it, salvation is impossible. It's like he said, it'd be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for you to have your trust in the world and still make it to heaven. And then. I, I, I love Peter. I, he makes up so much of the Gospels. It makes it so much easier for us to grasp and concept. But when you think about it, when Jesus came to Peter by the Sea of Galilee, he told Peter to drop his nets and follow him. And that, that's he says, "What? see, we have left everything and followed you. Peter right there did. He lost his livelihood. Uh, he, he turned his back on friends and family. And he obeyed what was commanded and he wasn't just you know trading one desk for another or a corner office for a big office uh, he literally dropped everything and that's why he's here you can kind of see the concern in him like he's almost like am i still on the right path because he, he's he's almost like he's just wondering he's like I've, I've lost everything but and yet here i am and then so jesus again um, answers it beautifully in 28. Truly I say to you, in the new world, talking about heaven, when the Son of Man sits on the glorious throne, you have, and you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, and everything who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last will be first. And that kind of... T- closes that whole little teaching they've had ever since chapter 18 about 
the the greatest on earth will be the last in he- heaven and the last on earth will be the greatest in heaven they're saying that you don't have to succeed here on on earth you you don't have to be the greatest person alive and the world makes it hard r- really it, it makes it really hard for to to say that because back then i mean you, you look at paul he dropped everything and completely converted his life over and it'd be hard for any of us anyone who's worked for achievement just to drop everything and go to a little village in india and just preach the gospel i i feel like to me i want to do that but it's unfathomable to me because i i don't know uh something's holding me back i don't know but that I, that's jesus is just saying it's it's not easy there's a lot of people that's going to go down this path and it's not going to make it but you have to stay with it well, i think it's funny because it shows the disciples we're not a whole we're not much different than them yeah because they're missing the point here too because again he, he's going through all these things and he's basically saying, you know, it's easier for uh, a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. And th- so they, they're saying, and I, I'm imagining it this way, and, and I may be off, but, you know, in um, in verse 25, so when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. What? And they're saying, okay, well, then who can be saved? Like, that's how I feel yeah. this has happened. They're like, well, it's impossible. what can yeah, we do like, then? Yeah. And they're still, they're missing the point. You know, and I want to, I want to make some clarifications. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, in verse twenty-three, where it says, "Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven." Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Is there a problem with being wealthy? No. no. Is there a problem with having extra money? No. no. But in the a right lot of way. people. In the right way, you're yeah. right. But a lot of people are. Th- I had Mexican food for lunch. I'm struggling. Me too. Over it's here. Sunday. You gotta eat. I'm it. struggling. But anyway, um, it's only with difficulty, which I will agree with. I mean, I understand what Jesus is trying to say here, but but it gets the the disciples frazzled by saying, "Well, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do?" And it says the verse, uh, probably one of my favorite verses in the. Um, the New Testament, where it says, I'm finding a yawn. That's actually what I'm trying <laughs> to do right yeah, now. Yeah, you've been doing good. But um, when the disciples heard this, they were really astonished. Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love that verse because he's saying, you know, without me, you can't get it. Right. You know, without having a, and it's kind of what we were talking about before, without a relationship with God, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you have. I, you can't bribe your way into heaven. You can't good deed your way into heaven. Right. You can't do it without me. And it's funny because you read that, and yet people spend their entire life making this puzzle. Okay. Imagine your life. It's like a 500-piece puzzle. And you spend your whole life putting the pieces where they need to go and, and connecting everything together. But life without Christ is like getting an entire puzzle done and not having the last piece. And that's what he's saying here. I am the last piece. I'm what you're looking for. But without me, your puzzle's not done. I'm the piece in the middle. I'm the piece that makes everything come together. And if you don't look for me, 
your puzzle's not going to get done. That's right. And so people spend their life searching for this piece. They've made, they've built their life, and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And they get done, and they're like, "I'm missing something." You're missing the most important piece. You're missing Christ. That's right. You know, and I don't put puzzles make me mad. I don't put together <laughs> puzzles. I don't understand why it's fun. Uh. But I do know people that have put this entire puzzle together and then not have the last piece. And like search their whole house for it. Okay, I don't. Again, Cooper the Wood family has never done puzzles. I loathe them. Cooper ate one of our pieces to the puzzle one time. Oh, poor Cooper. <laughs> we didn't know for a very long time. But he's still cute. <laughs> it's okay. But but that's what and that's what he's saying. Well, with with you, you can't. Mm-hmm. But with me, oh, now you figured it out. And that's what and Peter's can just like what you just said. You know, see, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? So he's, they're still not understanding. Well, we've done that. Mm-hmm. Where's our reward? Yeah. What, what are we supposed to have to show for it? And, you know, that's the thing that we don't understand. You know, say if, if you're wealthy and you've done well for yourself, then, yeah, you may have a nice house and you may drive a nice truck or car or, or your kids may have the finest clothes. That's fine. Yeah. And Peter's just saying, okay, what physically am I going to have to show for it? And he's like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> physically, you'll have nothing. And then it says in 28, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, heaven, where the Son of Man will sit on the glorious throne, you'll have a seat there with me. You'll be there. That, that's all you need. That's the reward. And they're just like, but they don't understand because it's not physically in their hand. Yeah. And that's what you know we have to understand is, you know, what we have, and again, if you have all the possessions in the world, that's okay too. That's fine. Yeah. But our prize that we have, we will receive later. We'll get to be in the presence of God. We'll have a seat in heaven. And it's saying many who are first will be last and the last will be first. And, and that's not saying that there's going to be ranks in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what that is saying is, you know, the people who have spent their entire life perfecting this relationship with me they're gonna they're, they're gonna be in heaven no no doubt right and you know what, what it's saying here is put yourself last you know here here's the big secret the secret's out here it is the secret to eternal life get over yourself yeah you're making that eternal trade-off exactly and everyone just thinks it's this big secret. Well, all these church people, they have this this thing. There, it's just, it's not a secret. But yeah. if you want it to be a secret, here it is. The secret is out. Forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. Love Jesus. Deny yourself. Have a relationship with Christ. Do what He wants. Let Him work in your life. There's the big secret. But the best part of the uh, the best amazing most awesome story of this is, it's not a secret. Mm-hmm. We just read it. Right. In Matthew chapter nineteen. There it is. Don't search. Don't spend your whole life searching for it. There it is. You're at a hotel. Open the nightstand drawer. There's the secret. It's right there. The Gideons put it in there for you. <laughs> it's a Bible. It There's a secret. You know, don't don't just think it's this unfathomable. Boom! That was great. You <laughs> didn't even stutter. I didn't. That was amazing. Don't think it's just this unfathomable thing you can't have. You did it twice. It's it's. It's everything because Jesus is saying anybody can have it. It doesn't matter. Deny yourself. Let other people's needs rise above yours. 
have a relationship with me, and you can have everything in heaven. That's the secret to eternal life. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's teaching in this parable. Well, not a parable, excuse me. That's what he's teaching here with the, the rich young man, with the disciples, is deny yourself, you know, and put me first. That's right. If you can do that, you're golden. You're going to have the most amazing experience in heaven one day. That's right. So let's all strive for that. Yeah. You know, push towards that. Don't don't spend your life without somebody helping you. Because I promise you, if you don't put God first, you're not going to make it out alive. And that, that, that That's kind of scary. Well, it's but the truth. It's, it's You're not going to make it out alive. If you don't have God in your life, yeah. and don't don't do it for the wrong reason, uh, I found myself recently doing it because I'm scared. Do it because you love Him. Exactly. Do it because you want to praise Him. Don't do it because you don't want to go to hell. Do it because you want to be there with Him. Right. So that's all we got for you this week. So we'll talk to you in a few short days. That's right. Since it's Sunday. It is Sunday. So uh, have a great first part of your week. That's right. And um, we'll be back soon. Put God first. Absolutely. That's the secret. We love you. God loves you. Have a great week.